Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Brian and Trickin. And welcome back, everybody, to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Intrican, a.k.a. Casey Bubba. You can find me on the Twitter there at BD Intrick, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. We are here to recap your Monday, May 15th action on the diamond and get you ready for Tuesday, May 16th. It was a wild and wacky Monday. Runs galore. A few good pitching outings we will talk about, but runs, 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 and more runs. The offensive atmosphere in baseball has gone full on bonkers. It's crazy out there. But before we get to some hitting highlights, pitching highlights, and more, let's get some news and notes from your Monday. Jock Jams. Jock Peterson heads to the IL with a hand contusion. It's been a rough year for Jock, all things considered. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski, who was on the IL, got activated while Jock got put on the IL. So one left-handed outfielder for another. Yaz was playing pretty good before he got hurt with the hamstring injury. The average was decent, some power. Like I'm looking forward to seeing what Yaz has when he comes back. Conforto's not hitting for average, but he had a, an oppo taco on Monday to give him, I believe, eight home runs on the season. Hanger's been massively disappointing. So Yaz will be much welcomed back. He's been playing a lot of center field, so Brett Wisely probably moves out of the way to get Yaz back in action. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Anthony Rendon was placed on the IL with a groin strain. He's been dealing with the pain for a few days. They finally put him on the IL. Uh, with Among other roster moves, the key ones for fantasy, Chad Wallach, the backup catcher, was activated for the Angels. He went deep on Monday, so welcome back, Chad. I believe that's his third home run of the season. It finally happened. I was wondering how long it would take. TJ Friedel uh, injured himself over the weekend diving for a ball, his oblique. He finally got placed on the IL on Monday with a left oblique strain. Matt McClain talked about it on last night's show, was activated for, or brought uh, promoted, I should say, from AAA. Power speed, source hitting for average in AAA, hit second for the Reds tonight in Coors, or, yeah, in Coors Field and had a nice little game. Lots and lots of speed, so it'll be fun to see what Matt McClain continues to do on the diamond. Mentioned it on yesterday's show as well, and it became official on Monday. The Rays have activated Pete Fairbanks. He will be back with the team in the lineups when they are in the bullpen for the Rays as they take on the New York Mets on Tuesday. Luke Voigt placed on the IEL with a strained neck for the Brewers. Brandon Woodruff was moved for the 60-day IEL. A couple small relievers uh, and extra depth arms were called up. Nothing too crazy. Uh, Colin Ray was sent back to AAA as well. But the big moves, Luke Voigt to the IL. Brandon Woodruff transferred to the 60-day, which made sense. He's been on there since April, middle of April, and he was going to be out until probably June anyways. So it's just logistical stuff with Woodruff. Nothing extra crazy there. More news on the Carlos Rodon front. He threw a a side session uh, on Friday and Saturday. Threw again on Monday. That gives him three out of four days throwing the baseball as he continues to work back from his latest setbacks. And we'll get some more reports in the coming days from Aaron Boone and the Yankees on to what potentially Rodon could do next as he rehabs and hopefully gets back sooner than later. Big blow to the Chicago Cubs. Brad Boxberger to the 15-day IL with right forearm strain. 
that's never good. Never good. Not good, folks. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, you know, Fulmer's been doing his thing in the back of the bullpen. Some other guys, it's not pretty. Boxberger was actually pretty decent for the Cubbies. So hopefully it's not a bad, bad thing, but we'll see. On the uh, flip side of that, Hayden Wesneski was optioned to AAA. I actually wrote him up in a recent piece I was working on. As a guy that's just kind of fallen off the map, uh, Wesneski had massive hype coming out of spring training and has just not panned out for the right E for the Cubbies. I had a, a, a couple good starts. I'll say that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But overall, not great for Wesneski, who uh, on the season now had a 2-2 two and two record over eight starts. 503 ERA, 449 uh, XFIP on the short season, an 11.3% K to walk. The strikeouts were just not there for Wesneski, like an 8.2% swinging strike rate. It was not great, and he finds his way back in AAA for now. Some good news on the Philadelphia Phillies front, potentially. Jose Alvarado, who um, was on the put on the IL about 10 days ago, is scheduled to, to throw on Wednesday, Thursday at the latest, most likely Wednesday before the Phillies head out of San Francisco on the last day of their six-game road trip. If his throwing goes well, they can uh, start setting up a rehab assignment for Alvarado, which would be great. Craig Kimbrell has filled in beautifully as the closer for the Phillies over the past week. Uh, Gregory Soto had some fun as well with a save in there. Anthony Dominguez. Bullpen's loaded. We knew this. But Alvarado was a beast. He had like a .63 ERA before the injury. The K to walk percentage is through the roof. Um, Hopefully he gets back sooner than later. Tristan McKenzie, he's still a ways away most likely, but there is good news. He threw a bullpen session last week. He's scheduled to throw another bullpen session either on Monday or Tuesday, depending on weather. And he has to take off, it said, for his brother's graduation on Tuesday evening. Uh, if the bullpen session goes well, his next stop will be meeting with team doctors in Cleveland to hopefully plan a rehab program to get him back as we were expecting him back in like uh, about two to three months, give or take, you know, six, like eight to 12 weeks. So we'll see how this works with um, Tristan McKenzie. Rangers shortstop Corey Seager is going is cleared to play. He'll be rejoining the Rangers any day. There's no set no set timetable, weirdly enough, but he did not join them Monday in Atlanta. Atlanta faces a lefty in Schuster on Tuesday. Doesn't matter, lefty or righty, for Corey Seager, but he should get a return. Ezekiel Duran has filled in beautifully for Corey Seager, and um, coaching staff has already said Duran's going to still see regular playing time. We'll see how that goes. You have Josh Young at third. You have Marcus Simeon at second. Does Duran go to the outfield? Does Duran DH? The Rangers offense is outstanding, one of the best in baseball, and the Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball right now. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out in Texas. Nico Horner of the Chicago Cubs did some running before Monday's game to start working on that hamstring injury that put him on the IL uh, last week. If all keeps going well, he could be seeing the minimum time on the IL, which would be big, big news for the Cubs. Horner's having a big season leading off. Good batting average, stealing a ton of bases, a little bit of pop as well. Uh, Christopher Morell has filled in beautifully, went deep again on Monday, so we'll see how that plays out. But Morell can play all over the diamond, and he might have to play center field because Cody Bellinger injured his leg on Monday as he collided into the wall, making a great catch, but looked real nasty, real nasty, like probably worse than Jazz Chisholm's the other night. And uh, Bellinger needs some help getting off the field. So hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully it's a minor thing and just bad in the moment. But if so, Morell could find some time in the outfield if uh, Horner returns soon. Last but not least, San Diego Padres, Manny Machado left Monday's game for getting hit on the hand with a pitch, a fastball to the hand, square on the back of his hand. So x-rays were negative, which was good to see. He's probably got a pretty severe contusion. Day-to-day guessing he misses Tuesday's game, but we'll have to wait and see, obviously. Let's talk about some hitting highlights. As I said, there was offense everywhere. I'm just going to just get the tip of the iceberg on this. There's so much you guys can go check. Um, Britton Doyle of the Colorado Rockies, the prospect that got called up a few weeks back, 
Okay, bad and average in the minors. A little bit of pop, lots of speed. Well, on Monday, Doyle went three for four with two home runs, three runs scored, and three RBIs in Coors Field against the Reds. Doyle's now hitting 250 on the air with four home runs and six stolen bases, which is pretty darn impressive. He is striking out over 31% of the time, though, so that is a bit concerning when you look at Doyle, but as a whole, very, very productive in the outfield for the Colorado Rockies. Joey Manesis is having a heck of a season. After the monstrous power surge out of nowhere last year, he kind of got off to a slow start, but the offense has picked up. He went four for five on Monday with three doubles and four RBIs. He's hitting 300 on the season, so that part of the offense has picked up. But only two home runs still, 16 runs scored, and 22 RBIs. Not a bad line. .094 ISO. So the power is not there for Joey, but he's hitting for great average. He's get, driving in runs. So he's becoming productive, at least for fantasy purposes. We've seen that power to follow, which would be great to see. Shoyo Otani did not have his best stuff on the mound. He got the job done, got the dub, but at the plate, four for five with a triple, a home run, three runs scored, three RBIs, and a walk. He hit an absolute bomb to right center field on Monday night. Just tattooed a baseball. Uh, one of the, <laughs> I know it wasn't the farthest home run hit I've ever seen, but it was majestic and beautiful. It was something else. Makes it look so easy at the plate. He did say after the game that he was experiencing a bit of a stiff neck towards the end of his outing. He thinks he'll be fine with something to monitor. But the power production was just absolutely insane on Monday night. For more details on the day's top hitters, make sure you check out the Daily Batters Box on PitcherList.com. Some starting pitching highlights from the day, and they're not as many because of all the offense we saw, but we did have a few. And one would be one Jack Flaherty. Seven shutout innings with three hits, two walks, ten strikeouts. Wilson Contreras first came back behind the dish after the last week's drama, ironically, I would say. Flaherty had 17 whiffs on thir- on 105 pitches with a 37% CSW. Absolutely outstanding stuff from Jack Flaherty. Still not overwhelming with the fastball. It was just a great pitching day for Flaherty against a Brewers team that is scuffling, to say the least. And we'll talk about them more later. But on the season now, Flaherty has a 5-2-4 ERA and a 4-6-2 XFIP. Not great. He's got 49 Ks with 29 walks over 46 in the third innings pitched. So still struggle bus for Flaherty, but he has had a couple starts, I guess, where he gives you signs going, hmm, he might be there soon, and then he blows up. So let's see what his next start has in the store. Michael Walker was one of the better two-start options to pick up on the waiver wire this week, and the start one went amazing. Seven shutout innings with one hit, one walk, 11 strikeouts against Kansas City Royals. He took his no-no into the eighth. Gave it up to start the eighth. They yanked him because he was at 103 pitches. Waka had 18 whiffs and a 30% CSW. This is Michael Waka coming into these games. He had decent ratios, but no strikeouts to show for it. Big boy night for Michael Waka against the Kansas City Royals. And then Chucky Morton, Charlie Morton, just continues to be absolutely amazing. The ageless wonder. I always joke about it on my DFS shows. I'm like, hey, well, you know what you're going to get from Chucky? Like five, six innings for the most part. You know, three, three, four runs, going to get you at least a K per inning. It's going to get you through it. That's what Chucky Morton does. Well, on Monday night against, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, against the Texas Rangers, the red hot Texas Rangers, Morton went six and two thirds innings, zero runs, seven hits, one walk. So the whip was not ideal, but zero runs and 10 strikeouts, just filthy. 23 whiffs, 30% CSW on 106 pitches for Charlie Morton. Morton now has a 2.85 ERA on the season with a 4.03 XFIP. The Ageless Wonders continues to get it done with a little over a K per uh, inning with 49 Ks and 47 and a third innings pitched. Impressive stuff from Charlie Morton. Make sure you tune into the Plus Pitch Podcast with Nick Pollock and check his daily SP Roundup to get caught up on all things starting pitching. Let's head to the bullpen. There wasn't a whole lot of saves on this day because they were blowouts, so there weren't save chances. But Michael King 
of the New York Yankees picked up his third save of the season going an inning and a third. The conundrum that is the Yankees bullpen continues uh, after Hughes kind of got put out and he's pitched well out of the closers role. Um, it was supposed to be King. King got a couple long ones, and then it was supposed to be Ian Hamilton. Ian Hamilton never got one. Wandy Peralta picked up two saves over the weekend, and now Michael King's back to get a, a, a four-out save on Monday. Good luck. Good luck. Michael King is the guy I want just because his ratios and strikeouts will be great, but he might not get as many saves. Just keep that in mind if you're targeting the Yankees' pen. A couple other saves on the night. Hector Neris picked up his second save of the season as Ryan Presley got the night off for the Astros. Pierce Johnson picked up his seventh save of the season as he regained the closing duties with Daniel Bart's struggles. Andrew Chafin picked up his sixth save of the season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Miguel Castro was great over the weekend. He looks to be the front runner for the saves. Got the night off. Andrew Chafin picked up his sixth save. And then Camilo Duvall got a four-out save for the Giants, his ninth of the season. A little shaky with the command. That's what he does best. But he got the job done against the Phillies. Make sure you read the Daily Reliever Ranks article on PitcherList.com to get more information on all things relief pitching. All right, before we take a look at Tuesday's action, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Intrican, a.k.a. KC Bubba. Let's take a peek at Tuesday's weather with the one, the only, Mark Paquette. Thank you very much, Brian. We get a couple games to watch in terms of some showers and thunderstorms around, and those games are going to be hosted in Baltimore and in St. Louis, right along the uh, sort of the middle part of the country there, north-south. Um, it doesn't look like complete rainouts, but it's something you're just going to have to keep an eye on as you go through the day and see uh, how wet exactly it's going to be. But, yeah, I don't think it's a postponement yet, but it very well could be. Back to you. And thanks, as always, Mark. Appreciate the help with the wonderful weather around baseball. Let's talk some DFS. Let's talk some DraftKings. You got a 12-game main slate kicking off at 7.07 p.m. Eastern time for you. And there's a lot of bats again, a lot of bats to target. You can do game stacks like the Arizona-Oakland game stacks. Great. If I have to pick one, give me Arizona versus Kyle Muller. Don't mind some A's. They'll go up against uh, Henry. No problem there. Arizona, love Texas versus Schuster. You can bring Atlanta versus Dunning, but I love Texas versus Schuster. They love hitting themselves. Uh, it's going to be a big one for Texas, put it that way. And then Seattle versus Pavetta. Big fan of that one. Big fan of Seattle versus Pavetta. There's so many ways to go on this slate because, there is, like I said, not a ton of great pitching to look at. So stack them up. Hit them, hang them and bang them, have some fun on a 12-game slate. Pitching-wise, though, I'll pay up for Clayton Kershaw. He's 11K. Going up against the Minnesota Twins, Kershaw's been great, six, seven innings. He's only thrown over 100 pitches at one time in like the last five starts. He's been able to get the job done on 90 to 95 pitches. He's been so efficient. It's been amazing to watch him get it done, getting you like a six, six or more Ks per start as well. Super productive. Gets the Twins on Tuesday. 
And then Jordan Montgomery, Jomo taking the bump. He's only 7,400 bucks on DraftKings going up against the Milwaukee Brewers, a brew crew team that in the month of May is striking out over 30% of the time versus left-handed pitching, which is abysmal batting averages. ISO is like a 56 WRC plus. They have been horrific for left-handed pitching. Jomo actually faced the Brewers in his second start of the season back in April and just sliced and diced them. So I don't know if we're going to get that start, but Montgomery's been pitching pretty well overall this season. A couple of hiccups here and there. Really looking forward to him getting it going against the Milwaukee Brewers. Some things I'm looking forward to on this Tuesday. Can we get some good pitching for once? It's like a, like at least half a slate of good pitching. It's like I mentioned three guys. Those are probably the three best outings on the day. Can we get a good day of pitching? That would be so much fun to watch. Be a great change of pace. And that goes with Clayton Kershaw. I just want to I am in awe of this man. I've always said it as a Giants fan. It's hard to not like Kershaw. I've always rooted for Kershaw when he's not facing the Giants. Um, it's just amazing watching him as he gets older, become a pitcher, and just continue to dominate people. It's it's great to see. So I want to watch that against the Twins. Uh, Chase Silseth making his first start of the season. He's made some relief appearances. He's taken over for Jose Suarez in the Angels rotation. He's the uh, Baltimore Orioles, a team that can hang him and bang him. We saw Mullins go deep on Monday. But uh, Silseth has thrown some, shown some good strikeout stuff throughout the minors. Walks were an issue this year, though. So something to monitor. Really cool to see what he has up his sleeve. And then Luis Ortiz, take two. His second start of the season since getting called up against the Tigers on Tuesday. It was an okay start for Luis, his first start, but not as dominating, only like a strikeout. Not what you'd expect from, from the talent that is Luis Ortiz. Let's see if he can crank it up a notch, take it to the next level on Tuesday. That'll do it, folks. Another episode of the First Pitch Podcast in the books. Make sure you guys go to PetroList.com. Become a member at PL Plus, PL Pro. Get all the goodies there, including the awesome Discord that PetroList offers, the great tools, the PLV tool, the pitching bot, and much, much more. So go check that out at PetroList.com. You will not regret it. I will be back with you guys tomorrow to recap Tuesday and preview Wednesday. But for now, you can follow me on Twitter at BDNTREK, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. This was your Tuesday, May 16th edition of the First Pitch Podcast. Hope you all have a great day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.